Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. 104.7 The Cave, Mike the intern, Ned Reynolds. It is time to talk sports, Hermano. So, big news yesterday, just like you predicted. The Cardinals have a new member in the Hall of Fame, a great third base player. Ned, who is it? It is Scott Rowland, and this is a really well-deserved selection, in my in my opinion. Now, Mike, he was hardly what you would call a unanimous choice. He squeezed in by one percentage point. You have to have 75% of the ballots that were cast. He got 76%. Wow. Made it by five extra ballots. But, hey, that's, that's irrelevant. He is in, and he's in the Hall of Fame forever. So who is Scott Rowland? Well, he's a seven-time All-Star and eight-time Gold Glove winner. Much of his success with the Cardinals, but he had three other teams. Broke in with the Phillies. Really an interesting story, too, because Roland, in high school, was one of the most highly sought basketball recruits in the country. He was the runner-up. This is one of the most prestigious awards you can win as a high school player. Mr. Basketball in Indiana, he was the runner-up. In 1992, Bobby Knight wanted him. All these colleges wanted him. And he eventually committed to Georgia, but he had to. He had a well, a mindset meeting with himself and said, "You know, baseball's really my goal." And the Philadelphia Phillies signed me, so I'm going to go with them. And that's what he did. He disdained the college and the basketball world and made a big living out of the baseball. His his figures are are good. He, his career average is 281. He had 316 home runs and all that. You usually equate a Hall of Fame player with bigger numbers than that, but Roland was a solid ball player in every single respect. Question's always been asked, though, why did the Cardinals trade him? And they did in the, to the uh, Toronto Blue Jays in 2007. Why'd they do that? And Roland was asked that once, and he said, well, gang, it had nothing to do with my profession, nothing to do with baseball at all. They liked the way I played. I liked the way I played. But I had a conflict with Tony LaRusa, and it wasn't going to be resolved. So he ends up, manager wins, player straight. <laughs> wow, that's unfortunate. Well, at least he's in the Hall of Fame. Big congratulations to him and uh, Cardinals Nation in general. I know we're proud of him. So speaking of trades, the Kansas City Royals have entered the trading market, and they are on the hunt, aren't they? They are. They're trying to improve trying to improve the team, obviously, but they're also trying to lessen their payroll, <laughs> which, what a surprise. Anyway, two days ago, they traded Michael Taylor, who's their Gold Glove winning center fielder. He's a good player, solid player. Traded him to the Minnesota Twins, and they got a pair of prospects out of that. Well, that took away about $5 million from their budget. And then yesterday, and here's a guy we saw play down here with the Northwest Arkansas Naturals, Alberto Mondesi, and he is a was, let me put it in the past tense, was a budding superstar, may still be, but the poor guy has had injury after injury after injury, all leg injuries and torn ACL at one time. Mondesi, whose dad played Major League Baseball, was traded to the Boston Red Sox uh, in return for a relief pitcher named Josh Taylor. So again, you're reducing your athletic budget just a little bit and helping out, and, and who knows, maybe it'll come to come to the fore if this will all work out for Kansas City. Hopefully it does. It's still a young team, and I'm just tired of saying, hey, I guess they're going to be rebuilding. 
<laughs> we don't want to we don't want to keep saying that every year uh, <laughs> uh speaking of which um the st louis blues man let's talk about those guys they have kind of fallen off a little bit haven't they they played last night and fell to the buffalo sabers and that was five to three up in st louis and this team now there's keep in mind there's still a long long way to go before the stanley cup uh, playoffs are uh, are formulated and all that sort of thing not another several months before that happens but at the moment the blues would not make the stanley cup finals it's the three division actually the three conference leaders in each division they're two divisions in each conference, plus some wild card teams. And the Blues don't really fit any of those categories at the moment. But they're not too far away. If they start to win a little bit, get some of their injured players back, Tarasenko being one of them, they uh, might be able to start formulating a winning streak. But right now, they are not. 5-3, they lose to the Buffalo Sabres. And St. Louis has some rallying to do. They do. I was just looking at the standings. It is close, but uh, as you mentioned, man, the Avalanche have won like five or six in a row. So. We were waiting for this day, we being Chiefs Kingdom, to see what capacity Patrick Mahomes would practice in. I think he's going to practice. He hasn't been seen in a boot or anything. What do you think is going to happen today at practice? Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I would be very surprised if he does practice. Now, Andy Reid said something to the effect that it wasn't the injury wasn't as severe. Come on, coach. It's a high ankle sprain and they are severe. I don't care what anybody tells you, and it takes a while to recover. I'm I wouldn't be at all surprised if they don't put him up maybe on the side and say, Hey Patrick, you already know what you're gonna do. We're not gonna change at this time of the year. You know what the formula is. Let's not take any chances and maybe strain uh, the already sprained ankle. Let's let's just see if anything happens. He might. They might fool me completely. He might get back on the field today. This is the first day of practice, getting set for Sunday night's game. But over and above all that, you don't want to aggravate that injury, and it's a a rather significant injury. See uh, see what the Chiefs decide to do. Uh, But like you mentioned, um, you can't really do any more damage, and it really comes down to, well, of course, it's on his throwing leg, so that's a problem, but also uh, if he can deal through the pain, and it looks like the kid can. So we'll see what happens, but uh, I'll tell you right now, and he goes back to the coach, if he becomes more of a liability for the team, they're going to pull him, and it's going to be Chad Henney all day. Mike Payne is not a factor with Mahomes. He, he's, hey, he's, he's tough. He'll be able to handle that. It's his mobility, and if he feels he's not mobile enough, then I'm sure he will He'll make adjustments somewhere along the line. Speaking of adjustments, the Bears had lost two in a row before they took the court last night. Were they able to adjust and get a dub? Well, they win. But in <laughs> if you were judging, if you were judging a diving contest or skiing or whatever it is that they use those point cards for and things like that, they would have had about a four. This was not an artistic victory. Illinois, Chicago, the Bears beat them 63 to 59. They're very good, Mike. That's not a very good team at all. They're just a little bit, they're average. And the record coming into the game, one win and nine losses in the Missouri Valley. One of those losses is to the Bears back in November. Well, they played again down here. Snowy conditions, of course, outside, raining and snowing, and you know what they are. And the Bears simply did not show up. They were behind much of the game to Illinois, Chicago. They were behind with a minute to go in the game. What is this? What have they done? Missouri State, in my opinion, and again, this is the opinion of an observer, did not play the pressure defense that they have in the past. They're shooting, and the Bears are usually a good shooting team. Well, they, 
no compunctions about casting off from three-point range, and they did last night 25 times and missed 20 of them. They were five for 25 from three-point range. When you shoot from that distance, there's going to be a long rebound, and you're going to give yourself up to some pretty quick breaks. All right, the Bears do hold on to win, and paradoxically, they won it on a three-pointer with about 45 seconds to go. But the key to the game was the way the Bears handled this team underneath. Missouri State had 34 points in the paint. That's muscling in, and, and Missouri State is very aggressive on the boards and playing underneath. 34 points in the paint, and Illinois-Chicago had 14. Therein lies the difference. But maybe Dana can get them turned around to go on the road this weekend to a Murray State. So, uh, hey, there's still a long road to go before that Valley Tournament in about five weeks. You're not the only ones that played college basketball last night. Tell me some of the other scores that happened. Well, there's some interesting games, including Missouri and Ole Miss, and they played down in Oxford, Mississippi. And Missouri, as expected, won that game 89-77. Arkansas and LSU played, and the Razorbacks win this one. LSU is not real good in basketball this year. 60-40 to was the final score for the Razorbacks. And your guys, who made the 10 quantum leap in the rankings, going from 15-5 to this year, Kansas State played at Iowa State. Iowa State's not chopped liver, folks. They're number 12 in America. Kansas State was number 5. Iowa State uses that home court, gets the win, 80 to 76. In Hate to AD. see it. <laughs> Hate to see it. It was a close game, though, and they gave them a, they gave them a hell of a run, and they're right in the same area as that. So uh, season's not over, and I think K-State has a really good run in March. We'll see. But, uh, Ned, you have a wonderful day, and I will see you tomorrow, sir. Always a pleasure.